Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. You know, the strong passion to know the Lord Jesus Christ are the deep roots. They're the roots that are constantly reaching out Oh, well, I know in my backyard they're upturning the concrete, the big tree. But they're reaching out farther and farther, and those are the roots that hold the tree when we have the strong winds blow. You know, those roots go from, you know, when they're first planted, oh, I'd like to have, and then they take root, and then it's, I want, and then they go to, I need, and then they go to, I must have. That's the progression. And if deep down there is not this strong inner, I must know, more about the Lord Jesus Christ. If it's just a casual interest of, no, that seems interesting for now, that's interesting, okay, then what will happen is that there will not be these long-reaching, strong, deep roots when testing or trouble comes and the roots won't be able to hold the tree. And that's what happened in my driveway just a couple of weeks ago when we had the big winds there in the driveway. The strong winds came, and just take a look just look at this tree that fell over here. This is the tree, that's the root ball there. Look at how healthy it was. It was very healthy, it was green, I didn't understand. You know, I looked at the tree, I said, okay, no, and it blew over like that. And I went out and I was so surprised to see it. You know why? Because you look there, you see that root ball, it's very small, very small. There weren't any strong roots, that was the only tree that fell over. And of course, it looked so nice, you couldn't tell. And then after it fell over and you saw the roots here, then I said, oh, okay, I understand. What I couldn't see was the reason why it fell over. I couldn't see that. You know, I went out to the tree and I yelled at the tree and I said, you look so healthy, why didn't you say something? You, know? <laughs> you didn't tell me you didn't have any roots. You know, could have done something to try to shore you up. <laughs> but, you know, if there's only a casual interest in the Lord Jesus Christ, then there are no strong roots. No strong roots to hold when testing comes. And what happens? A fall happens, a fall happens. And everyone in the church, when they only saw the leaves, and they looked so good, and they couldn't see the roots, it comes as a shock. Why did this person fall away from the Lord? Because the roots, there wasn't the strong yearning. The Lord Jesus Christ spoke about this problem of these unseen shallow roots in Luke 8.13, Luke 8.13 when he said, they on the rock are they which when they hear, receive the word and with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe and in a time of temptation fall away. See, those words that he's using here tell the whole story. They hear, receive, no roots, fall. So the first principle we need when we open the scriptures is to come with a passion to see the Lord Jesus Christ. That means to take out the broom 
and sweep away all the apathy, all the half-heartedness. Okay, but then I know, you know, what happens because what if we don't really have an interest in addressing our lack of interest? You know, then what? Then it's time to turn to Isaiah 64 because the chapter in Isaiah 64 addresses this issue, and especially in Isaiah 64, 6. In Isaiah 64, 6, we are speaking when it says, but we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we do all fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away, and there's none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to hold, take hold of thee. In Isaiah 64, 6, when it says we are all as an unclean thing, it means that we are all as an unclean thing. Okay, wasn't that great Bible exposition? <laughs> okay, that means that every one of us are as an unclean thing. There's no good thing in an unclean thing. And the problem is thinking that we are a good thing, thinking that we are good, thinking that we are a clean thing is nothing short of P-R-I-D-E, pride. And pride causes self-righteousness. It causes self-satisfaction. It causes self-complacency. And it causes a lack of interest in seeking God for help as a savior and a cleanser of the heart. So the first prescription for a lack of passion is to take a good, healthy look at our own sin and our own uncleanness before God. Then, when we do that, in Isaiah 64, 6 says, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, that means all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. It means everything that originates in us that we think is, that's pretty good, that's really good, is in reality filthy before God. And if we really do this, then we're gonna be deeply disturbed. We're gonna have a holy anxiety. And God says, when those truths deeply disturb your soul, it's time not to sink into a state of hopelessness and depression, but to look at the next verse in Isaiah 64, 7. Isaiah 64, 7, which says, there is none that calleth upon thy name that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. That's the time to stir ourselves up to take hold of God. God is reaching out his hand and he's saying, take a hold. And the decision totally is up to us. Are we gonna take a hold of God's hand or not? And when one person has fallen and he locks hands with another person who's there to help him, then it could be that both persons then pull to recover the fallen person. Or it can be that just one person pulls, the other person just holds the hand, and that's what God says he will do. In Isaiah 27.5, Isaiah 27.5, God puts it this word, wait. Or let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me, and he shall make peace with me. All we have to do is take hold of God's hand and then he alone will pull us up. God is calling out and he says, take a hold of my strength. Take hold of my strength. Now we're the weak ones and all we gotta do is just reach out our hand and that's the decision we make and then God uses his strength to pull us up. That's taking hold of God's strength. So the first principle in coming to the Bible is to come with a passion to find the Lord Jesus in the scriptures and to learn about the Lord Jesus in the scriptures. So the first word in coming to the word of God that we need is the word passion, passion. 
Now, the second point is also seen in this passage in Luke 24, in verse 16. In Luke 24, verse 16, 24, 16, when it says, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. We don't use that word very often. Never use it, as a matter of fact. It, what it means is, even though these believers, those believers had a desire to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, their eyes were holden. It's an old English word. It just simply means held down. Their eyes were held down. It's a word krateo in Greek, and it means to hold down with strength. It has the idea of strength in it. So this word indicates that there is a strength that holds the eyes down. It holds the eyes shut. This is describing a problem that these on the roads to Emmaus had, describing a problem that you and I have. When it says in this verse, Luke 12, their eyes were holding, they should not know him, it's not saying they were a little exhausted that day, it was just an emotional day, they were worn out, all the drama, the master had been crucified, the disciples are hiding, everybody is just off their marks. It's not saying that. What it's saying here in this verse 16, their eyes were holding that they should not know him, it's describing a fundamental problem that we all have it's similar to the problem that's described in 2 Corinthians 4.4, 2 Corinthians 4.4, when it says, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Other places it speaks about the Jewish people having a veil on them, which is taken away when they turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. But this description in Luke 24, 16, their eyes were holding that they should not know him is a problem that keeps us from seeing the central theme in the Old and New Testaments. And that theme is a person. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what he said in John 5, 39. John 5, 39, when he said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of me. They testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't just make reference here and there. It's a, testify of me is not just a reference here and there. It's everywhere. Have you ever seen those Bible guides that are written, you know, whenever you have a need for this, then turn to this scriptures. I mean, we have one in the back of the Friendship with God Bible. And, you know, they're for anyone who feels that, you know, I need to find in the scripture something for hope, something for comfort, something for guidance for my life. I need some specific scriptures. You know, in reality, all those scriptures are referring to the Lord Jesus Christ because it's hope from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's comfort from the Lord Jesus Christ. It's life guidance by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reason is because all the scriptures speak of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in the case of John 5.39, where they said, search the scriptures for them, you think you have life, John 5, 39, they were searching the scriptures for eternal life. And he, said, he was saying to them, look, you're searching the scriptures in search of eternal life, and you don't have assurance that you have found eternal life in the scriptures because there's one problem, one problem. And he nailed their problem in the next verse in John 5, 30. John 5, 30, when he then said, you will not come to me that you might have life. He looked at these experts in the scriptures, much like you can look at the Orthodox Jewish people today who spend hours per day reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures with their commentary called the Talmud 
And Talmud means to learn. And so they spend hours per day reading and studying their commentary and learning and then davening. Davening, ever seen that? Davening back and forth. The rhythmic reciting of traditional prayers and the writings. Daven. Daven comes from the word davatenu, davatenu, which means from our fathers, passed down from our fathers. So they're reciting, which has come down from their fathers. They've immersed themselves in Scripture, only one problem. They are denying the central theme of the Scriptures, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. The central theme of all the Scriptures is the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what gets to me. Whenever I speak, for example, I have an Orthodox Jewish friend, and he speaks about the Old Testament. He says, okay, okay. He says, show me one scripture that speaks about Jesus. Okay. <laughs> in the Old Testament. One scripture in the Old Testament speaks about Jesus. Well, at the back of our Bible, the Friendship with God Bible, we have a section called Messianic Prophecies and Fulfillments. There's 181 references in the Old Testament to the Lord Jesus Christ. Well... He's made it his life ambition to show that Jesus is not in the Old Testament, and he has his book of the same 181 references in the Old Testament show that they're not referring to Jesus. So we have great conversations. When the Lord Jesus said in John 5.40, very important verse, you will not come to me that you might have life. He was saying that as long as anyone persists to deny the Lord Jesus Christ, his position as Almighty God, Creator, Judge, then they will stay in this pathetic Luke 24, 16 position of their eyes were holden that they should not know Him. And so when He said in John 5, 40, you will not come to me that you might have life, what He meant by come to me was come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to me as a dirty, rotten sinner and beg Him. For cleansing. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ as a hell-deserving condemned prisoner and beg him for forgiveness. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ for healing from all the diseases of the soul that sin has caused, which are, for example, weakness to resist sin and obey God, blindness to see the Lord Jesus Christ and what he offers, which all means that when we see these passages about blind men in the New Testament, and for example, in Matthew 9.27, Matthew 9.27, where it speaks about a blind man, when Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. Now we can look at passages like that and say, Oh, poor fellows, blind, how sad. Well, that's an interesting passage. I'm glad I'm not blind. But we need to look at those passages about these blind men here and say, wait a minute, that's me. That's me. I'm like those blind men. The man that had the physical disease of blindness and I have the spiritual disease of blindness, I will call out to the Lord to have mercy on me and give me sight. Because whenever we read in the New Testament and we do not see the Old Testament, do not see the Lord Jesus Christ front and center, whenever we read a passage from the Old Testament and say, well, you know, that was a very interesting, exciting story, and it has nothing to do with Jesus, he's mainly in the New Testament, then we're blind. Like those men in Matthew 9, 27, we need to be given sight by the Lord Jesus Christ as those blind men we're given sight by the Lord Jesus Christ just so we can see him in all of the Old Testament. So the second principle in opening the Bible is to recognize our blindness. 
in our position by the side of the road and cry out to the Lord Jesus to have mercy on us and take away our blindness. Open mine eyes that I may see. We have to remember how dangerous it is to think that we don't have a blindness and to take a, that we don't have a blindness that the Lord has to take away. Because the Lord said in Matthew 15, 14, very dangerous, they be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. So the second principle is to realize that when we open scriptures, we suffer from the Luke 24, 16 blindness that those believers suffered from. Their eyes were holden that they should not know him. The second principle is to admit personal blindness and come to the Lord Jesus, begging him to give us sight. The second word when we come to the scriptures is admit. The first is passion. The second is admit that we are blind in ourselves. We need sight. Now, the next heart preparation we need when we come to the scriptures is further seen in what the Lord Jesus said to those on the road to Emmaus in verse 25, Luke 24, 25, verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe. Slow of heart to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. When the Lord Jesus Christ said to them, O fools, he was using a word that means in its essence, not considering. That means they were not looking at what the prophets had written and how it applies to the Lord Jesus. That teaches us that the first consideration when we open the Old Testament should be, what is this teaching me about the Lord Jesus Christ? That's why in the Old Testament, I persist to call God Jehovah Jesus. There's a reason behind that. Because to say Jehovah Jesus is to keep before us that Jesus was in heaven, and he was referring to that in John 8:56. John 8:56 when he said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. So if you have any question about what he was referring to, you just have to look at the fact that they took up stones to kill him, and then it becomes very clear that they were going to kill him by saying he was I am, claiming to be Jehovah God, Jehovah Jesus. To say Jehovah Jesus is to keep before us that Jesus was in heaven in the Old Testament and Jesus was on earth in the New Testament. But he always was, as we said already in Hebrews 13.8, Hebrews 13.8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Psalm 90, verse 2. Psalm 90, verse 2 says the same thing. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. We need to see Jehovah as Jehovah Jesus to see how the Old Testament teaches about the Lord Jesus Christ. The key to understanding what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying wrote to Emmaus when he said, O fools, slow of heart to believe. Slow of heart to believe means reluctant to believe what the prophets wrote about the Lord Jesus. Slow of heart to believe means reluctant to believe he is Jehovah Jesus. Slow of heart to believe means hesitating to believe the scriptures. Slow of heart to believe means hesitating to say Jehovah Jesus and believe that. Slow of heart to believe means to be skeptical and doubting that 
he is Jehovah Jesus. By calling them fools or inconsiderate, translated fools, by calling them inconsiderate, translated fools, he was saying that they would not consider him as Jehovah Jesus who would walk down the stairway of humility to be a crucified sin offering. Whoa, that's going over the top. A crucified sin offering. But by calling them inconsiderate, he was telling them they needed to consider all the scriptures are about God and he is God. Slow of heart to believe means slow to believe that God would become a sin offering. But just let the scriptures speak. Let the scriptures lead us to the knowledge that God did become a crucified offering for our sins. Why? Because that's just how bad we are. That God had to become a crucified offering for our sins, it just shows just how great God is. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden, gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin, ah, then sings my soul, how great thou art, how great thou art. So the third heart preparation we need when coming to the scriptures is a readiness to believe that all the scriptures speak of God, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the third word when we come to the scripture is the word quick. Slow of heart, quick of heart to believe. Quick of heart to believe that he is Jehovah Jesus and all the scriptures speak about him because he's God. Now, the next heart preparation we need when we come to scriptures is also seen in what the Lord Jesus Christ did for those on the road to Emmaus. In verse 27, Luke 24, 27, Luke 24, 27, when it says, in beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The Lord Jesus Christ did not just stop when he rebuked the disciples for being fools and slow of heart, but he went on to correct the problem by expounding or explaining to them how all the scriptures speak of him, the Old Testament scriptures. So in Luke 24, 27, when it says all twice, it says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. That's emphasizing how in the Old Testament, all the Old Testament scriptures speak of the Lord Jesus Christ as Jehovah Jesus. So the fourth part preparation that we need when we're coming to the scriptures, is to realize that the Lord Jesus Christ himself will teach us. He will teach us himself. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself that intervenes to us when we come to the scriptures to teach us. How? Because when we read something with the passion and with the admission, and then all of a sudden we're reading something and we become impressed with a passage in scripture, or a verse in a passage, or a word in a verse, then what's happening there, we, we get impressed like that, that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself intervening and re-speaking that passage to us, or re-speaking that verse in that passage, or re-speaking that word in that verse. It's that re-speaking that the Lord Jesus Christ does, that's his intervention when we come to the scriptures or when we listen to an exposition of scripture, like this re-speaking and this intervention of the Lord Jesus Christ when we come to the scriptures is what he was referring to in John 6, 63. John 6, 63, when he said, it is the spirit that quickeneth. It's the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, 
That's what I'm talking about, the re-speaking, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And the Lord Jesus Christ does this re-speaking or this intervention through his spirit called the Spirit of Christ. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 